What's a telltale sign that someone is a selfish person? When conversations don't feel like conversations, they are one-sided talks about what they want, their thoughts, their life, their priorities, etc. When you are able to actually slip in a word, your words are used as transitions in their dialogue. No matter how you format your words, they all just add to the plot of that person's story. What you say and what you do are pawns in their game to be manipulated in a way that belittles your experiences, your actions, your opinions, and your choices. Something I personally want to add to this is most selfish people can't have conversations. I've noticed this with the girl I used to fool around with. She would try to make conversation by making it about me with, what are you doing? How was your day? But no matter what I responded with, it always got a one to two word answer. That's cool. Interesting. That way they give you the illusion that they care, when in reality, they just use you when they need you. They gladly take any favors you do for them, and when asked if you could reciprocate once, they get defensive or aggressive, and act like you're the selfish one for daring to expect something in return. It doesn't make you a bad person to expect reciprocation in a relationship with someone else, romantic or platonic. Relationships are give and take, and it makes them healthy. It's not entitlement to expect kindness if you give kindness. If you're the only one giving, you're being taken advantage of. And for clarification, for anyone who thinks doing something kind with the expectation to gain something from it can be manipulative, I'm not talking about narcissism and manipulation. I'm talking about the natural give and take in a relationship. It's not manipulative to expect certain things out of a relationship, depending on the kind of relationship that is. The whole reason we make relationships is because they give us something, whether that be support, love, safety, or other advantages. It isn't a bad thing, it's a human thing. Typically with give and take, if you notice a pattern of one person consistently taking without giving, the one taking is the problem, not the one giving. The kind of people who use this as a manipulation tactic aren't the ones who stick around in a relationship for years doing favors and kind things without being asked to. They're more than likely to do one favor and demand twice as much in return. Why do I know this? I've had these people in my life, which is what gives me the realization I'm commenting here. Yeah, I'm actually going through this with my roommate. She always asks for my help, expects me to walk her dog every day, constantly asks me to pay rent in advance even though I'm not getting any income for three weeks. Yes, she asked me to pay a second rent just a week after the last. She never thanks me for walking the dog. Any advance payment, no thanks there either. She'll just keep asking as if I'm her bank account and then get angry when I'm unable to pay. Last week, she asked me to cook extra food because we had guests coming over and she threw a fit because I used beans. It's not that she or anyone else can't eat beans. It was just her dislike of the day. She had eaten those same beans and other dishes and liked it. I had put so much effort into cooking more food than normal and her behavior was worse than usual. I have completely stopped helping her or even speaking with her. That sounds like my ex-wife so much. Did plenty for her. Would do anything she wanted to do, even if I wasn't thrilled about it. But when it came to something that I wanted, she never seemed to have time for it. I eventually got to the point where I wouldn't even try to mention anything I wanted or liked. I put plenty of thought into gifts for her, but if I ever got something, it had no thought put into it. Basically got to the point where I felt selfish for even wanting anything. Took me a while to accept that I wasn't the problem or the selfish one. Eventually, I realized through help from a therapist that it was straight mental abuse. Relationships take compromise. When anything that happens to them is the worst thing in the world and whatever happens to you is not that bad and a waste of time to talk about or even deal with. I know your mom died a month ago, but my best friend of three years died too, so I don't see why you're so sad all the time. 
I think narcissism and selfishness go hand in hand, so there you go. Friend of mine was talking to a mutual ex-friend about how she was feeling crappy because it was coming up on the anniversary of her sister's murder. The ex-friend responded that she was also feeling crappy and needed support because her boyfriend, who had been visiting for the weekend, had gone home. We both cut her off after that. After my sister's husband passed, a friend said, I know exactly how that feels. My husband is in the army and goes away for months. But said husband comes home, can email, video call, and most of all, is not dead. She's now an ex-friend to everyone. I'll admit, I've caught myself doing the I know how it feels thing with friends before, but it's usually because I've been through the same thing. However, I've never tried to pass off a death of someone being on the same level as missing a partner that went home. That's just dumb. They feel no remorse for how they've hurt others. They don't think that they're wrong in the slightest bit. They can't shoulder any bit of responsibility. Look, it's not my fault that you can't do anything right. Very well then, I'm sorry you don't understand my point of view. You can't forget the classic, you just misunderstood what I said, I didn't mean it like that. My former neighbors were bad alcoholics. Every night is a Friday night and weekends are like the new year. The police were constantly getting called to their house. Their kids not only destroyed their property, but other people's as well. Their junk was always thrown all over multiple yards. Their landlord ended up evicting them. My neighbor was pissed and fought hard in court to stay because they paid their rent via assistance. It was everyone else's fault but theirs. It was the landlord's fault for being biased against them. It was the neighbor's fault for complaining about their kids. It was their parents' fault for not helping more. Everyone was to blame, but not them. All I can say is it's been peaceful since they've been gone. They don't remember the times people have helped them, but remember clearly all the times that they helped others. It's easier to remember when you can count the number of times on your fingers. They bring nothing to the potluck, but are the first in line. Dude, screw these people the most. If you don't bring anything to the potluck, you better at least be cleaning up after the party. They respond how worse their situation is when you're sharing problems with them. They don't try to help or listen. They just draw attention to their side. Ah, the complainers. I have a friend like that, and lately I've just been letting her talk with dry responses such as, Oh, wow. Tough luck. Yeah, you've told me all of that via text. And I would talk only if she asked me a question. Well, the hangout got silent super fast. And it seems she is no longer satisfied sharing the details of her life with me. Noise. I once had a friend who would just complain all the time about everything. Never really doing anything to fix the problems. And if she did, she'd still complain about it. One day I tell her that I want to be her friend, but our conversations were always so negative And couldn't we just talk about some more positive things? The whole dynamic of the friendship changed. And she straight up just stopped talking to me saying, I don't know what to talk to you about anymore. That admission tied with her inaction blew me away. We drifted apart and are no longer friends. I've actually done this with friends before as well. I've often been told that I give the comfortable vibe where people can just talk to me about anything, which is nice, but I also have a problem solver brain. So when I have friends that complain about the same thing all the time and don't try to improve after my advice, I just lose interest in those conversations because they're meaningless at that point. Like, I understand venting, but if the bad smell doesn't leave the place after a while, something might be rotten. If you are in a group and there's that one person that is constantly interrupting the middle of what you or anyone else is saying, generally to brag about themselves with a one-upper story, 
That's a precursor to stop associating with them. I've met too many of those people in my day, and they are more often than not happy to throw you under the bus whenever the opportunity arises. If they always talk about themselves, I know many people that will not shut up about their day for an entire call, then just leave you when you start talking about yours. Likewise, but some people just aren't aware that they're doing that. I've politely mentioned that to a couple close friends and they've been way more aware about their behavior since. Life isn't binary and good people might have bad habits without knowing it. So trying to help them is my way of thinking. By the way, your mileage may vary of course, hence me saying some people. I think it depends on the situation. I have a lot of friends that I keep in touch with via voice text messages or video text messages. Since these aren't real conversations because we respond when we can, both parties usually end up speaking about their days after quickly responding to any questions. They have that superpower that leads everything back to themselves. Even when you're actually talking about your own life or a specific problem of yours, they somehow make it that you start talking about them instead without even changing the topic. Nearly everyone does this to a point. There's an extremely fine line between trying to comfort someone by saying something like, I recently went through something with my father as well, I'm so sorry, and making their issues about yourself. It's crazy how common it is. And I guess if you are sharing something tragic to a group of people, at least one will try to make it into a competition and one up you. I'm so nervous sometimes that people think I come off as the above comment when I just want to say that I relate to you, not that it's about me. Sometimes just saying, hey, that sucks, I'm sorry, seems disingenuous. So saying, hey, I've been there and I know how much it sucks, sounds more genuine, I think? Conversations can be weird. They refuse to take responsibility for their actions. Similarly, someone who never apologizes. It takes a little longer to figure this out, but if after a few dozen hours of interactions, you've never heard I'm sorry, you probably never will. I waited four and a half years once, never again. This is one of the main things I look out for when I might be interested in someone. I pay very close attention to how they act when they make mistakes or do something that has accountability attached. If they sidestep it every time, I know to cut them off at the knees. Complaining at work to coworkers doing your work for you while you complain. When they want to dig up your dead dog to use the skull for taxidermy purposes and is insistent on doing it despite your objections. They never admit when they're wrong, even if there is physical evidence. Well, I'm sorry that you have a problem with me. Maybe you should stop being so sensitive. Why are you making that face? I literally just apologized to you. I wanted to tell you about a new podcast I thought you would like called The Reslayer's Take. It's a brand new all-ages actual play from Critical Role that follows a new group of adventurers within Exandria. After six misfit mercenaries are rejected from the elite monster hunting group The Slayer's Take, they band together and battle supernatural creatures across the rugged continent of Isilra. It has fresh adventures for a longtime critter or is a perfect first dip into the world of Critical Role. Check out the first episode if you like what you hear and make sure you follow The Reslayer's Take wherever you get your podcast. I wonder if this is everything it appears to be because I work with the dude who has a medium autism. So we look after him and he doesn't work. He's definitely not selfish. He'll go out of his way to help people who are more vulnerable than him and always puts them at ease and gets them to open up, interact, and basically have fun and feel safe. But you can't get him to stop talking about himself or his interests. It's all football, running, football, running. Oh, have I told you about running and football? Harry Potter and that time nine years ago when I accidentally farted? If you didn't know he was autistic and it's actually not as apparent as you might expect, you probably would wonder why you can't get a word in edgewise. 
From an autistic perspective, that's probably the biggest compliment he could give you. He feels secure enough around you to talk about his interest and know that you're not going to dismiss him or make him feel bad for being excited about them. He'd likely appreciate if you gently spoke to him about keeping in mind that other people would like to talk about themselves too and their interests. And if you worked together to find a balance that meant that he didn't feel ashamed, but also you could get a fair amount of speaking time in the conversation. Rejection-sensitive dysmorphia is a real issue for some of us. So make sure it's clear you're still interested in hearing about his stuff. I will say, once I learned a little bit more about autism, I definitely questioned if people have it or not when I have certain conversations. Mainly online. With some of the autistic people that I have talked to, their attention to detail is insane sometimes. So much so that it can cause them to overthink a situation. For example, I was talking about comic books with this one autistic person, and they were dead serious about some errors in comic books having a significance in the book, because there was no way the company would allow that to happen. No matter how much I explained that these things happened, they just wouldn't change their mind. So I definitely take this into consideration now instead of thinking everyone online is an idiot or thick scold. They're surprised and disgruntled when you accept what they offered. Example, I used to be friends with someone who loved to offer stuff. I have some cute maternity clothes that would fit you. I can lend them to you if you want. I can help you rearrange your classroom. I'll come in early tomorrow. I made such a great apple pie. I can bring you a piece. These aren't things that anyone solicited. She offered them up, yet 100% expected that everyone will politely decline her offers. I'm a yes person. Anything you offer to me, I will happily accept. The look on her face when I would respond, that would be great, thanks, was always priceless. She would never follow through with any of it, but she never stopped offering stuff, and I never stopped accepting. It was kind of hilarious. When they always play the victim card, 99% of the time, they only place themselves in the victim seat by ignoring all the efforts or costs of other people that they've had to endure and only focus on what they've had to go through themselves. I know this all too well, and when you call them out on it, you usually get hit with, what do you mean? Where is this coming from? Or my personal favorite, this is all too much for me right now. Cliche answer, but I found the returning the shopping cart test to be pretty accurate. It is such a small thing, but it does tell you if a person thinks small things like that matter. This is my favorite armchair measuring of a good person. There is absolutely no benefit to you as a trolley returner, but there is a loss to other people if you don't. There's also no immediate human association like how you treat a server or retail employee. Just raw, are you thinking about the other guy? For me, it's people who listen to TikToks in public, especially in relatively silent places. There's a guy that hangs out at my favorite bar, doesn't talk much and keeps to himself, but he sits for hours watching videos on his phone with the volume on. It's the most obnoxious thing ever. Bartender finally told him to turn the volume off or just stop watching. He was 100% oblivious to the fact that no one else in this place wanted to hear that crap. Why does it make a difference if it's a TikTok? Make it loud anything. When using your mobile on public transport, I think you should not even have key sounds. It's bad enough people don't deactivate those. Also, listening to a soccer match or whatever without bothering to use any headphones is just pure evil. I was so confused for a bit by that last comment when they said keys shouldn't have sounds. I was like, damn, you want people to silence their house keys? That's some insane entitlement right there, man. Then I realized they meant keyboard keys. My ex was insanely selfish. Her dad gave her a 20K a month allowance, plus paid for the mortgage of her penthouse in New York City while she went to Yale. He paid her car plus insurance. She had zero need for cash. 
all bills are paid. He also gave her a credit card with, I'm assuming, no limit. Because we bought a car once on a whim. But I saw her steal $3 from a friend who was passed out. She'd steal panties from Walmart. She had a pile of cash in her bedroom. We once needed to pay for a delivery. I don't know if it was a bagel or pizza, but she refused to touch the pile of cash. I had to walk to my car to get cash. And when I tipped the delivery girl $10 for waiting, my ex went ballistic, calling me a bee, a moron, and queer. Cause why would you give that random porky bee $10 for $5 worth of food? We went to a celeb wedding. She found a way to take four gift baskets as opposed to the two we were supposed to get. Every guest got one. She also stole a $500 gift card to Victoria's Secret from the wedding. She was wicked greedy. One of my workmates had her drink taken from the fridge by someone else. When she put a sign up on the fridge to remind people not to take things, another guy asked her why she was doing it. She explains that her drink was taken and without skipping a beat he said, Oh yeah, that's because someone took mine. So not only admitted to doing it, but his justification was that someone did it to him. So yeah, I'd say that. This is what people call paying their dues. Other people treated me poorly, so I need to perpetuate that to somehow justify it being done to me. If you don't have the same hardship, then somehow it's not fair. This is embedded to so many aspects of our society and has got to be some form of evil. The paying your dues comment is so true. At my old job, all the lifers would be so mad that I wasn't busting my balls doing extra work that wasn't in my job description. I'm not getting paid to do that extra work, so until I am, get someone in a higher position to do it. They would claim, young people don't know how to work anymore. Look, Grandpa, I'm sorry that I just don't bend the knee and do whatever my employer tells me to do. If the higher ups can get bonuses each year, they can afford to pay me to do more work. Trauma dumping and then not reciprocating if someone else had a bad day or felt comfortable enough to open up to them. When they go out clubbing or something and bring their friends back home to continue the party at 2am. However, he lives in a share house and his roommates have to go to work in the morning. Ever since I told him to break up the party and that isn't appropriate, especially since he didn't mention to anyone that he decided to have a 2am Wednesday night party, he complied, but ever since then he's been unpleasant and unfriendly with me. Jerk. The more they ask in a relationship, the more you're having to give. That is, I think of relationships like a bridge. Generally, you should build from both sides, and in crisis you make up the difference. But a friendship is primarily meeting each other in the middle. Selfish or self-centered people pretend to build a relationship, but ask you to build the relational bridge all the way toward them. Ultimately, they expect you to build the relationship entirely towards them, and you're left giving more than receiving. When they are unable to see beyond their own needs and feelings and aren't capable of recognizing that they're impacting the people around them in negative ways. Another sign of a selfish person is when they're driven by only self-interests and don't care about how their actions might affect others. People who have kids on purpose and then act like their kids owe them. Well above and beyond basic kindness and human respect for the rest of their lives. They throw other people under the bus so fast that you get whiplash if you stand too close whether to save themselves or to humiliate the competition. No self-accounting at all. I love these threads. I always use them as a way to measure whether I'm doing those things or not and fix them if I am. Made it about yourself, haven't you? You got me good. I'll end this video with a quick selfish person I used to be friends with. This guy was a master manipulator. He would reel you in with his charm and nice guy persona. He straight up offered me a chance to go to a comic convention I had always dreamed of going to. I joined his friend group and that's when I noticed the little things he wanted people to do. He would ask people, Are you going to be doing this? While there, can you get this for me? Or, Hey, can you do this and I'll meet you there? 
All these things seemed harmless and everyone helped him out because he was a nice guy. But everything was done to serve his own needs. I ended up having a falling out with this guy and was basically kicked from the friend group. Turns out everyone was extremely confused on why I was kicked out. But I found out later that he was saying some of the most messed up crap about me to this group and basically anyone that would listen. Luckily, one of the girls in the group called BS because she was always suspicious of this guy. Months later, he kicked out another guy in the group, and that's when the girl said, you should reach out to OP and see what really happened. We ended up getting breakfast, and we kind of just said everything that was going on. Turns out this dude was badmouthing everyone behind their backs and was using everyone to gain something. We had an older lady in our friend group and he would use her to jump lines at cons because she had disability access to get into things. This dude was the ultimate scumbag. And the last time I checked, he was dating a girl who oddly enough enjoys waiting in lines and has a history of being manipulated. That's it for this video. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories. Link at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot. It's linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you guys next time.